Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison. I'm a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and here with me, associate editor of NinerNoise.com, Peter Panacee. Peter, how's it going, man? It's going okay. Uh, not a lot of news on the 49ers front at all. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> no, nothing, nothing it's going on. Um, at nothing. All. It's been very, very, very quiet for sure. We have nothing, nothing to talk about. So until next time, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so uh, Peter, I, I, I think we should start off with, with a very important question. Um, do you think uh, Debo Samuel has officially rescinded his trade request? At this point. You know, that would be hilarious. Uh, if, from my understanding on this, there's no like official <laughs> document or form like or, or like you go into your player portal on the 49ers website and you right. click a box that says I'd like to be traded and he has to go unclick it or anything like I, that. It, but was, I, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it's well, it's done. It it's, is. It's it's done. It is. Yes. So for for those of you who are not paying attention and i don't know how you could be a 49er fan and not be paying attention but um yeah debo samuel is uh locked in um for the foreseeable future he signs a it's a three-year extension but the extension kicks in after because the rookie deal has to be played out i guess in the way that the the I, I don't know if that's an always thing, but it has to, at least under this particular contract, it, it extends um, the contract that he's under currently. So he'll play out the 2022 season under a version of his original rookie contract. And we'll talk about the numbers here and uh, as we understand them in just a second. Um, and then it's a three-year extension that covers 2023, 2024, and 2025. Um, all told, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of, uh, you know 78 what 77 and a half or something like that million dollars over three years the extension um gets a good chunk of uh of guaranteed money i don't remember what the actual number was do you do you recall off the top of your head um 50 something like that 
Yeah, yeah. So basically, what is he's got as far as is as guarantees go, and this is according to um, over the cap, mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of you kind of have to, to take measure of some things here. But the, the fully guaranteed part they listed is forty one million, but there's a little bit more on it. I believe if you were to go take a look um, at uh, I think Adam Schefter when he first tweeted it mm-hmm. out said it's fifty eight point one million guaranteed. So. You know, a lot of these numbers are still coming in. You don't necessarily know every single detail about it, but either way, if it is that fifty-eight point one million, that's a pretty sizable amount, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. the 49ers have historically not dished out a ton of guaranteed cash for their players, um, but in this case, when you're talking about the best offensive weapon on your team, you know, at some point, you got to pay. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about this before that, you know, it's, it's kind of great from the 49ers perspective where it's like, Hey, we're not going to, we're going to do a lot of team friendly contracts and have a lot of outs worked in and maybe not a lot of guaranteed money. That's cool from a team perspective, but players see it too. And they're mm-hmm. just kind of like, Hey, you know, if you're, you're not going to get paid <laughs> or, or lock in those guarantees, then, then that's a problem. But Either way, um, whichever figure you want to go with, if you want to go with uh, <laughs> with Schefter's tweet, fifty eight point one million, or um, what over the cap uses is a uh, forty one million total guaranteed. That's it. And essentially, yeah. when you're looking at contracts, you know we talk about oh gosh, you know it's it's a three year deal worth seventy one million or whatever. You got to look at the guarantees. I mean, that's right. that's kind of the that's the meat of the contract right there. So good for him. Well deserved. Happy it's mm-hmm. done. Uh, it, one talking point that paralleled the entire offseason should be over. Finally. And uh, now it's yeah, <laughs> one, now it's up to him to live up to the deal. Yeah, one more talking point to go, which well, I'm sure we'll touch on before we finish up here. A um, couple of interesting things that because I was looking at those same numbers from over the cap. Um, obviously, as you noted, there's still some some things trickling in in terms of specifics. Um, one of the things that uh, that the the 49ers, uh, especially with uh, Prague Marate kind of being the cap guru guy that he is, um, that they do so well is they they figure out they 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 do a really good job of of using the cash flow that they have, which is where those guarantees have to come from, um, to kind of get cap numbers down. Um, and they were able to to kind of keep um, the the cap number down supposedly for this first season um, to to pretty to a to a relatively low number compared to where it's going to be, which given their current salary cap situation was really important for them to to keep that number pretty low. Um, now it'll be interesting what happens once the once the extension really kicks in. Um, because while according to over cap over the caps numbers, um, they're looking at about a $6.6 million cap hit this year, um, a 9.1 million give or take next year. And then the balloon payments, uh, if you'll, uh, pardon the, uh, the borrowed phrase really kick in the, the, the two, the back end of the contract when it's a $29 million cap hit and a 24 and a half roughly million dollar ca- uh, cap hit. And then there's a void year because there always is with these 49ers contracts, um, of a $7 million dead money, um, I, I think there's also a reasonable chance that, um, they get through, uh, 2024 and we're probably doing this again, um, talking extension to kind of balance out some of those numbers. Obviously, um, once we get to 2024, we're going to be 
hopefully having conversations about another quarterback and his contract situation, and they'll be figuring that all out. And so it's a, it's never ending game, but it certainly is interesting to, to talk about. But um, so one thing that I found very interesting besides the numbers as well, um, Adam Schefter uh, tweeted this out. Um, you, you noted a couple of, of details that he said, but he tweeted this out today. Um, and, and the reason I want to talk about this is because it's very interesting because um, a lot of the conversation about, well, why was Debo so disgruntled and why didn't he want to play blah, 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 blah. And a lot of people went back with, you know, this is just a, a tactic to get the, the team to pay. Some of it was, well, he's not happy with how he's being used, et cetera, et cetera. A couple of interesting um, incentives built into uh, this contract, um, according to Schefter that he tweeted out uh, today, August 1st, as the, the contract was signed. It's a $650,000 a year um, every year that he reaches 380 or more rushing yards. Um, it's 150000 if he scores three rushing touchdowns or more, obviously. And then it maxes out at a $650,000 per year and a, um, at $1.95 million, $1. million over the life of his new contract. So there are some incentives, relatively low incentives when you look at the 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 entirety of the contract but what do you what do you make of that um is that just something to throw in or do you think that's something to entice Debo to allow them to continue to use him in any way what 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 do you make of those incentives well so going back to the offseason the whole discussion about Debo being upset about his usage a lot of that stemmed from Ian Rappaport and uh, look, <laughs> Ian Rappaport's pretty well plugged into the league, and I'm I, and I'm no way gonna say, oh, uh, hey, you know, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He was wrong, but when he was reporting that, it wasn't so much as if he was saying, "This is what I've heard from sources. This is what you know people familiar with the situation are telling me." As much as it was just saying, "I think this is an issue." It was a lot of of his own conclusions, which is fine. We all have our own opinions and conclusions on things. And, and we can make that kind of a part of our you know, entire conversation and dialogue. So either way, the one thing that you kind of digested in the wake of all that was Debo's use as a dual threat player, a guy that can catch the ball, run out of the backfield, run through the tackles. Maybe he doesn't want to run through the tackles like 10 times a game anymore. And I don't <laughs> right. blame him. <laughs> but at least just being so unique, that uniqueness is what him, what makes him such a special commodity, right? Like he would be a very good wide receiver if he was just a very good wide receiver, like what he was, that'd be great. You know, right. top 10, probably you know, top 15 for sure. Yeah. He was what second you, in the league in receiving yards when he had to make the switch over to the, yeah, the yeah, threat he was mode right last year at the top. Like, yeah. Like the first, like, eight weeks or nine weeks of the season, he was like on fire, right? It was him yeah. and Cooper Cup just going neck and neck. So, you know, but then when you started carrying it on the ground, that uniqueness is what makes him so special. So either way, if you took a look at what Kyle Shanahan said uh, this morning, just before the 49ers kicked off week two of training camp, and I, I, I don't have the transcript right in front of me, but Shanahan basically pointed out that hey look yeah there, it was never about the usage we're both on the same page with that uh you know it's our goal just to basically use him however we want there's also you know you you read about the incentives 
there's nothing in there that that has any sort of clause saying, okay, we're going to limit them. And in fact, there's actually incentives for being a multi-purpose weapon. And the part of it too that I know when I talked with uh, with Larry Kruger about this a while ago, where if Samuel was actually saying something along the lines of oh, hey, like, I don't want to be used in this way anymore. What happens if it's, you know, late in the fourth quarter in a playoff game and the game's on the line or a must-win, you know, week 18 game uh, and you're in the red zone and it's like, hey, it's a it's a third and one play. Like, <laughs> isn't Samuel the type of person who'd say, like, hey, give me the ball, put it in my hands. Like, there's, I, I think there's, I think we've seen that happen already, right? Yeah, you've seen clips <laughs> of that on, I think it was against the Cowboys. That yep, one in the game, playoffs, the the, when he scored game. off yeah. the interception in the first play, yeah. he ran it into, in for a touchdown. Yeah, 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 he literally called a shot. <laughs> and so it's like, okay. So those incentives are nice. Obviously, it's going to be uh, you know, a little bit more beneficial for him to, to do that if he's you know such a unique weapon in that regard. Not huge, by the way, the contract, but still mm-hmm. nevertheless important. One of the things that I actually thought was kind of cool about the uh, the deal is that for the upcoming three years, he's got, you know, I think it's a $200,000 workout bonus. Yep, yep. Basically, yeah, that's an incentive to go work out in Santa Clara, right? Because right. <laughs> he has been be at the 49ers facility. Yeah, he's always yeah, been. He's been famously cagey about staying in California during the off season. So, right, exactly. So it's like, hey, you know, you're going to get a, a, a $200,000 vacation to go spend summers in Northern California as opposed to, well, if he goes to LA, it's not that much different. But I was like, if you're out in Miami, you know, I think. Yeah, if you're out in Florida during the middle of summer and it's like, all right, you know, 90 degrees with 90% humidity, go have fun with that. Yeah. For the for the record, quick math um, on this is the math portion of the Nine and Nose podcast uh, tells me that 380 rushing yards a year is a, a it's it's 22 yards per game basically, 22 and change. So <laughs> he would, I mean, the way that he runs that he has run up until this year when he's run the ball. It's it's been those longer chunk plays um, where you know it's a, a jet sweep, you know, kind of a reverse action kind of sec, kind of situation where he's picking up you know 10, 15, 20 yards at a time. So it, it, it while while it's 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 interesting to talk about in the you know they're still going to use him as you say in in a dual mode. Um, these are this is rel- a relatively easy I think pocket for him to slide right into right um i I don't it's not like they made the the number like 700 um where he has to where he has to he has to he has to beat that now um just just for the record he has not actually got to 380 yards in a regular season yet um during his career um he had only 159 as a rookie um just 26 uh in 2020 but he only played in seven games and 365 yards last year so it's not unobtainable but it is something that there would have to be a a pretty considerable uptick in his um probably in his uh yards per 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 carry to get there and he was up over 6.6 yards per carry last year so it'll be really interesting to see how that works but um good news is of course that you know, Debo was right out there in training camp today, which was good to see. Um, I know that I know that the Shanahan noted um, they're going to take it slow with him, even though he, um, by all accounts, seems to have come into camp in, in pretty good shape and ready to go. Um, I know that's something that's been a concern of 
uh, of the teams um, since really since day one that he's kind of somebody who tends to kind of loosen up a little bit during this during the the off season and um, there's been some, some some concerns there but he seems to have have uh, taken care of that um, for sure but um, I don't know Peter any other thoughts about about the contract or about what it means what it says about the 49ers or are we just really ready to be done talking about it and onward well like so you mentioned here just kind of this never-ending game right and you you think about the lifespan of the contract the beautiful part is this Debo's base salary this year is 965,000 to do this deal the 49ers cut into only 2 million approximately of what remaining cap space they have and I think it's something they have like 3.3 million left. And mm-hmm. there's still one big overarching transaction that could happen. How could that be? Three or more. Uh, I, I don't know. What was it? The D Ford move? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it. anyway. So yeah, there you go. Um, but either way, you know, less than a million in base salary, you know, total cap hit of 6.7 million or so. And, and when the numbers start to balloon, they're supposed to balloon next year as far as the total salary cap is concerned all these new nfl media deals are going to be going into effect uh and the cap is only going to it's anticipated to not just expand next year but explode so the 49ers took advantage of that early by kind of backdating a lot of this contract but when it expires in 2025 debo will be 29 years old heading into 30 that gives the 49ers kind of a nice out because he does have a little bit of an injury history. And that's sure. not just talking about last year. That actually goes back into college as well. Some hamstring issues, things like that. So if this bites you, okay, it bites you, but you really are, are just committing big money at that time. Granted, there's a lot of that back-end money that's you know fully guaranteed and committed and everything like that. But either way, um, the whole gist of this is it's going to be the lifespan of Trey Lance's own rookie contract. Right. Yeah. So you're going to be, you know, Trey Lance will be his current contract runs out in 2024. There's a fifth year option for 2025. That's when Debo's deal expires. So you're going to see that maturation process from Trey Lance with Debo Samuel for that period of time. Now what the 49ers salary situation is back then, you got Nick Bosa is going to be in line for a contract extension about a year from now. Uh, you know, you're going to have some other players who have been cornerstone pieces of the 49ers who are making a lot of money. They might not be on the books at that point. You know, right. George Kittle, Trent Williams, we don't know. You, know, you have no idea. So either way, at least this is a great, a great time to take advantage of this. And then probably my favorite part, at least if you're t- taking a look at the annual average value for wide receivers in terms of, of money, Debo's annual value is 23.85 million that's eighth among wide receivers you know you, you, i mean earlier this offseason we're thinking about <laughs> gosh he, he could be getting like 26 28 maybe yeah. even close to 30 million like tyree kill's getting um no. granted guys like tyree kill and Devonte adams have a little bigger a little more of a pedigree you know more pro bowls more all pro nods things like that but you know all told eighth in annual value like that's that's not bad that is that is kind of your market rate and when you think about some of the other young receivers coming up you know justin jefferson um you know some of these other guys who 
um, Jamar Chase, what are they going to get? You know, they're going <laughs> to totally just destroy the wide receiver market in a few years. So, hey, lock that in now. Get ahead of the market. Uh, can't complain about that. And yeah. even for now, in contrast to some of these other wide receivers who have been getting paid this offseason, it's not a bad deal. It's not a bad yeah. deal. No, agreed. Um, and I, I, I mean, you mentioned, you know, a couple of other, I mean, not only the Bosa contract, which they've pretty definitively said this is going to be something they're going to worry about next year. Um, then you have guys like, you know, Brandon Ayuk, who, if he continues on the trajectory that he was on at the end of last season and, you know, all accounts coming out of training camp seem to be that he is 100% on the same page with, with Trey Lance and, and that he could be sort of. Uh, very much his go-to guy as far as receivers are concerned. So, you know, he'll be up not, not long after that, although he'll also have a, a fifth year option available uh, because he was a first round pick as well. Um, Cause that's, that was the year that's uh, the, the same year as Javon Kinlaw. Right. So that was the year after Bosa. So they'll, they're, they're still a little bit of ways, but th- these are things that you have to be paying attention to when you're thinking on down the line. And as, as we said, we're, we're really hoping that they're going to have to be worrying about the two or $250 million contract that they're going to be giving <laughs> Trey Lance at the end of the 2025 season or whenever it is, um, because he's decided that he's, you know, one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. And that would be something that I don't think anybody would, would complain about, um, personally, but, um, there we go. Um, all right. Well, that is, um, yeah, that's exciting. I, I'm glad it's done. I'm glad it's over with. Um, I'm glad Diva looked, looked really, you know, happy to be as, as we all would be, you know, <laughs> uh, wouldn't, wouldn't take much to, to, to get you to, to get you to smile in front of the camera. Right. Um, but you know, he had a lot of millions of reasons to, to, to do so, but, um, he, the, I, I think the best part about this and then we'll, then we'll move on to the next thing is uh, that he has, he has remained engaged with the team um, throughout this whole process, right? Um, he showed up at mini camp. He showed up when it on on time for training camp. Um, and while he hasn't really, while he's while he was doing that whole hold in thing and and that sort of thing, there are still plenty of pictures and pretty plenty of reports about he's, you know, chatting it up with his with his teammates and and you know he and Shanahan were even talking. Um, I think as late as, as, as Saturday and, you know, there were, they were, there was engagement. It wasn't like he was just kind of there and ignoring everybody. Um, so you could, you, you kind of got the the feeling this was, was heading in the right direction as, as soon as the, um, as soon as training camp started. And, and so it's, I'm, 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 I'm glad to see that he is ready to go hit the ground running today when they uh, put the pads on for the first time and, um, excited to, to see what he's got for, uh, for, uh, 2020 to and beyond yeah yeah and, and it shows you hey those face-to-face interactions they can repair a lot so whatever the damage was I, who knows the disagreements maybe it'll come out in the wash later maybe we'll never know it's just behind closed doors but uh hey rearview mirror hmm. yeah cool with that <laughs> for sure absolutely all right um so there's one other pretty major piece of news that came out um, in that was NFL related. This was not specifically 49ers related, um, but I, I, but we have to, so we want to talk about it in terms of like, this is a thing that happened. 
um, but also in terms of just how does it impact uh, the 49ers in terms of the much discussed uh, Mr. James Garoppolo, um, who remains on the team um, <laughs> at this point. And uh, again, you know, seems to be out there, you know, engaging with teammates and running and doing all the stuff, but uh, not throwing a football as to no one's surprise, but there we go. Um, so this is bizarre. And I don't know, uh, Peter, you're going to have to, to, to clue me in on this. It is it common practice for, for NFL suspensions to be handed down by a third party. Is that a normal thing? That's very strange. Yeah. From my understanding, this is something new and, and it's not something I've read up about very much aside from when it was announced that, uh, an independent judge commission would be overseeing this item that we're about to get into. Uh, <laughs> I, I hadn't heard of that. It was always no. to my kind of familiarity that at least what you've seen in, in years past, that a lot of times it's just the commissioner's office throwing out discretionary discipline. Yeah. And was there any consistency with it? No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it you had no idea it's like okay hey yeah like you get suspended four games for cheating the game and then uh you know you smoke a little weed on the side and you get suspended for <laughs> like 16 it's like oh gosh it's like wait, wait it's this arbitrary so it's but a, it's yeah i don't know board. if it's something exactly yeah. exactly so i don't know if this is kind of the first high profile case where this has happened but i'll, I'll have to read into that it's kind yeah. of a good ask point it, it is the first time I remember um, seeing anything about this, but for, for those of you, again, who are unaware, um, if you're a football fan, I think at this point, you're pretty well aware of the fact that um, this independent judge um, came to a decision about the uh, suspension for Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson, and the number came down to six games six games there you go um I'll, I'll allow the 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 tone of my voice to to to, to allow you to to make your own decisions about how i feel about that but um that's not really the point um the point here is that we have discussed the browns as a possible player in the jimmy garoppolo sweepstakes merely because um if it turned out that watson got suspended for an entire year um, for example, uh, that they would maybe not trust uh, Jacoby Brissett with their, by all, for all intents and purposes, I would say a pretty close to Super Bowl caliber roster. Um, even, I mean, taking account uh, in Watson as a player, I think that's definitely true. But also, even if you remove him, I think you could say without a doubt that the rest of the roster is built to um, to compete in their division and also compete in the AFC. Um, although it's, that's asking a lot because it's a, that's a tough conference for sure. But uh, six games um, pretty much means that they're probably just going to ride or die with, with uh, Jacoby Brissett um, for those six games and, and, and see, it, see how it goes. Now there is one little caveat as we, as we mentioned, this process appears to be new um, so far as we can tell. Um, the NFL can apparently, the commissioner's offense can apparently come in and decide that they would like to make um, to to make a different decision about how long the suspension will last. I don't know what the parameters are of that. I don't know w- under what circumstances they would make that decision, but it is out there and it is a possibility. So it could be that Watson still gets more games, but as of right now, as we sit here, 
again on August 1st. Um, it's going to be six games, and that probably removes uh, the Browns from the Jimmy Garoppolo contention in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it does. And you know, it, uh, multiple reports all the way along for ever since there was talk of, of Sean Watson getting suspended have suggested the Browns weren't all that interested in Jimmy Garoppolo anyway. Now, again, factor in a number of things, smoke and mirrors campaigns, the fact that nobody even knew what was going to happen with Sean Watson. And, and to your point, the AFC is brutal this year and who knows what happens with them. Uh, but they're in bad cap shape in 2023. So if they're going to go in, they would go in this year and you would figure that, okay, should Watson be suspended all year long? I'm not trusting Jacoby Brissett to go out there and, and even keep the ship afloat for a full year, let alone, you know, whatever amount of time, but the NFL has been just so inconsistent with this across the board. So I don't see much of anything changing here. Like if you're thinking they're going to make a decision based on moral judgment, I, <laughs> have you, have you, you know, if past behavior indicates as a predictor of future behavior, you're not going to be surprised. So anyway, kind of moving beyond all that with the Browns who have a cush, cush for six games of their schedule, by the way, <laughs> do they? Uh, I think it's what, yeah, it's, it's Panthers, Jets, Steelers, Falcons, Chargers in week five. That's kind of the only mm-hmm. game you have to really worry about facing a tough roster. And then the Patriots, you know, it's Bill Belichick and, mm-hmm. and Mac Jones. But other than that, you know, Patriots roster stinks. So it, it's funny how this, that, this works out. And I don't say funny, like trying to make fun of the situation, but just ironic. So as far as Jimmy Garoppolo potentially being traded there, Watson being suspended full year for a, a either a full year or you know 12 games or whatever just anything more than what was in play kept that hope alive and you know a quarterback who is well respected in the locker room who does have a history of winning and you know as, you know, as much as I love the quarterback wins stat uh, there is something to be said about just being confident on a good roster that's a run first offense with a good defense guess what that's what the Browns have so that could have made an impact. Uh, but as it stands, if you had one more bidder in the Garoppolo sweepstakes in what is still very much a very weak market for him, even a week into training camp, you just removed another possibility. So unless you get this within the next few days that the NFL says, hey, you know what, we need to make a statement, we need to send a message here, uh, maybe they just receive so much outrage in response to this six game suspension that they decide to, to levy and, uh, you know, further punishments. You're not going to see Jimmy G go there. And, and from the Browns perspective, if they get three wins from Jacoby Brissett, like they go 500 over that first six game stretch, they would be elated. It's, you know, just ecstatic if they, if they finished 500 and then get Deshaun Watson back, even though Watson didn't play at all last year, but still, Right. So you cross off the Browns that probably it, it cuts into any bidding war that there could be. I mean, there's still some teams out there like, I don't know, perhaps <laughs> the, uh, the giants. I don't know. I'm just yeah. trying to think. So I, uh, you know, maybe a few more teams are interested, but cross the Browns off, man. That's pretty yeah. much kind of how it goes. 
And at this point, the the fact of the matter is you got to think that any of the teams that might be interested are interested in like make he's not going to walk into every single team that might be interested and be the starter. Right. I mean, like if he goes to Seattle, he, he's definitely, I would say Garoppolo is better than, than what they have there with Geno Smith and, and uh, Drew Locke, you know, up there in Seattle. But if he went to Miami, let's say to join Mike McDaniel, he's probably not going to walk in and be the starter over Tua. Now he can certainly breathe down to his neck and put some pressure on him and, if Tua struggles, we could be in a situation where, like we were in San Francisco uh, this past year, or what everybody thought the situation could be if he stayed here this year. Um, it, even same thing with with uh, with the Giants. Like if he goes to 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 the Giants, Daniel Jones still reasonably there, right? Um, and but this is his make or break year. They, you know, it's that that final year, his final chance to show that he's good, he's worth something. And so I could see Garoppolo fitting in there as like. Uh, an extra as a backup who might step in if Daniel Jones struggles again. But like I said, if you look at it, same thing with like the lions or, you know, to go back up Jared Goff or whatever um, his, the likeliest place for him to be a starter day one is, you know, in the Pacific Northwest, <laughs> sad to say. Um, and I just, I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like, it feels like all the all those teams are are willing to wait it out um, and to to play chicken with the 49ers and make them prove that they're actually going to to do what they said they would and that was that they could afford to keep him and they would keep him. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, 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 right now, the the likeliest option seems like he stays uh, throughout training camp and through the preseason, and he does exactly what he's been doing uh, so far, which is you know he's doing laps and and running a little bit and doing some weight training and some rehab stuff and never steps foot on the field and never does any football related activities for the entirety of the preseason. And then we get to uh, August 30th, which is, you know, 29 days away and they either cut him or somebody has in that interim time lost their starter for whatever reason. Um, some, you know, training camp injury or something like that. And they decide to, to make a, a last stitch trade for Garoppolo. But I, I think the most likely outcome right now is that he is here until roster cuts, till final roster cuts, and then they have to do what they have to do at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's funny because I was going down through the list of teams that could be interested. And you mentioned quarterbacks who are entrenched, right? I mean, Davis Mills with the Texans, like, mm-hmm. he was pretty good on a bad team last year, you know, his yeah. rookie season. I mean, it wasn't bad. So it's like, all right, that that maybe is an option. And if you're the Texans, it, you're going through a massive rebuild. Why would you do that when you've got a young up and quarter, young potentially up and coming quarterback who is going to grow and hopefully get better? Uh, I would do it if I were the Giants. And I'm not saying this to be like a 49ers homer. Like, yeah. hey, any Giants fans listening to this podcast, like Jimmy G's great. Trust me, <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. He's better than Daniel Jones, probably. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Giants don't want Daniel Jones. They, they would have picked up his fifth year option. They tried to surround him with talent last year. He still stunk. <laughs> uh, Brian Dable comes in, good head coach. You know that offensive line is better. There's still some offensive weapons there. You know receivers. You know Kenny Galladay. We'll see if Kadarius Tony kind of turns it around. Saquon Barkley. Hopefully for his sake, it's healthy. That defense is all right. The, the division itself is winnable. 
And I know everybody's very bullish on the Eagles and the Cowboys, you know, they got worse this off season and, you know, the, the, the commanders have Carson Wentz at quarterback. So make of that what you will, but that division's winnable. You know, Daniel Jones is awful. Brian Dable does not want to keep him there. And so if you're Dable, if you're the giants, why not try to go, go for it? You know, the NFC as a whole, as a conference, like you get into the dance, you've got a shot. So the division's winnable, you know, you would immediately up your chances. Uh, the New York media would love that. <laughs> you know, they'd be happy <laughs> about that. And I, I don't mean, right, right. You know, and perhaps the, the, the Giants would have to trade. I don't know. They'd send Daniel Jones back to the 49ers <laughs> no, for, thank you. you know, the final year. Well, hey, you, could, you could acquire him in the trade and then just cut him. Um, That's true. I think he's got a roster bonus due on August 5th. So if this was to happen, it would have to happen soon. So uh, I was looking at the numbers on it and I was like, well, okay, if this is going to take place, we've got a few days left, but you know, if, if I was the Giants, I'd do it. But, you know, again, just kind of to your point, take away the Browns. There's one less suitor. There's other teams that know this. Uh, nobody's desperate right now. You, you didn't see an injury to a clear cut, bona fide, good starter. Um, you haven't seen that yet. Of course, this time tomorrow, you could be reading about someone going down with some injury for a playoff ready team. And, you know, maybe you get that reincarnation of the uh, 2016 trade of uh, Sam Bradford from the Eagles over to the Vi- or over to the Vikings. So yep. first round pick for that one, but we're not there yet. <laughs> no. and, and Deshaun Watson, six games, unless that changes. And I don't know if it will, Take the Browns off the uh, the trade destination chart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. Um, all right. Well, that's enough talk of 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 Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm sure he'll come up a couple of times before before things uh, really get going. But uh, Peter, any uh, parting words before we close things up for uh, for this edition of the of the podcast? Four Niners defense looks really good in training camp. Yeah, uh, all three levels linebackers are looking good. Pass rush is looking good. Charvarius Ward, man, he's the real deal as a cornerback. It feels Love so it. weird to think that oh my gosh, there's really a number one cornerback again. And and it's not like trying to milk something out of Richard Sherman coming off an injury. That was cool when it happened. Like Ward's young, he's good, and he's 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 the real deal. That's been fantastic. Um, Offensive struggles, Trey Lance, you know, kind of feel bad for him just because that that defense is legit. The interior of the 49ers offensive line, get it solid, like whatever, you know, maybe stop messing around with the carousel on the interior, figure out the best guys and, and go to get some continuity there. Maybe that's the solution. I don't know. But either way, I'm excited. You know, it, it, everything that you would hope to have happened in, in training camp has happened and, and, uh, and, Gosh, it's weird to think that, you know, next week we'll be getting ready for a football game. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, uh, thanks as always, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to uh, another episode of the Niner Noise podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. As always, please check out NinerNoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis. And please sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Um, and go ahead and give us that review, and we appreciate five stars. And, of course, share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends. So until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.